There is a shark in Greenland called the Greenland shark. And when you eat it fresh, it's so toxic that it will first make you go blind and next it will cause you to die. So what does this shark have to do with sourdough bread? My name is JC and welcome to the Wild Breads podcast. So 600 years ago, the people of Iceland, well, probably the people that lived close to the coast or who lived in coastal areas in Iceland, they, they basically started to farm these sharks. These sharks, by the way, are very, um, well, they're deep water sharks. So, you know, it, it's not the, the sharks that we see on like in movies these days that, you know, they eat people and all that stuff. So these sharks are actually um, safe. Um, well, no, 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 not safe. I mean, it's not, um, they don't eat people. But anyway, uh, the point is, so 600 years ago, these sharks were beginning to, well, people were beginning to hunt these sharks. And they hunt, and then, and they hunted these sharks just for the livers. So for 200 years since they started, they just got the liver and then threw the whole shark, which from what I've read, is anywhere between one ton, like a thousand kilograms, to about 1,500 kilograms. They throw all of this shark, you know, back into the ocean. You know, can you imagine the waste? But anyway, so that's how toxic it was. The liver is the only thing that they 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 killed the shark for. Until about um, 400 years ago, um, this guy who is like a a four, six generation shark fermenter or something. He said that 400, 400 years ago, they, you know, someone accidentally discovered that you can eat the shark if it was left outside to dry for, you know, six months. So that's half a year. So it's, it's incredible to me how, you know, this, this thing, this this meat that can kill you can after a natural fermentation become you know one of Iceland's healthiest and safest food to eat so and that's brought and and after I watched that video it, it was going around on Facebook three weeks ago or so but I found it on YouTube as well I can just well I'll just put the link in the description anyway it's amazing to me how this shark has a lot of similarities to to, to bread in general. And this is what has really astounded me because as soon as I watched that video, I immediately um, remembered there was, um, I think we've, I think I've, I've read somewhere that bread has, it has this compound called phytic acid, which is originally from the plant itself. So. Phytic acid, from what I've read earlier, is is a compound that's in plant-based um, things like um, wheat, rice, beans, legumes, and all that stuff. So there is always a presence of phytic acid. And phytic acid, I'm just going to read the description off of Google. It's a unique natural substance found in plants. It has received considerable attention due its due to its effects on mineral absorption. So phytic acid impairs the absorption of iron, zinc, and calcium 
and may promote mineral deficiency so therefore it's often referred to as an anti-nutrient. So with that in mind, um, and I had a, a vague like understanding of it in the past so when I was watching the, the shark video. So you know after I watched that I, I remembered you know this phytic acid and, and how like I could not forget how in the market like in the farmers market before when you know before this pandemic hit I would occasionally get you know people from from all ages basically like from people from the 20s 30s 40s 50s even up to their 70s where people would always tell me well these people who who come to me for you know just to tell me that they would they would always say that the bread that I make and it's not because of me it's, it's because of this naturally fermented you know um, that natural fermentation that these breads go through they say they always say that it's only when they eat my bread that their tummies don't go bad or you know they don't have discomfort in their tummies and you know when they go back to eating bread from from a grocery they would automatic they would almost always go back to that discomfort or their tummy would experience discomfort so back then I would I would just be amazed really and I would look it up and you know skim through you know articles about you know why people experience discomfort and and, and now that I kind of dove deep into you know this phytic acid thing and how it's in in you know in some ways toxic to us um, yeah, it, it's super interesting because um, so so I, so basically I read you know a, a super dense article about you know this phytic acid and how you know it's a, it's an anti-nutrient and so there's phytic acid in in plant it's basically in its brand or something and then along with it coexists another compound called phytase so so a Google definition again is it's a class of enzyme no it's a, yeah so it's it's an enzyme that catalyzes the removal of phosphate from either phytic acid or phytate so from what i understand this renders this phytic acid that's you know again that's present in in plant-based materials this renders it um almost immobile or renders it powerless so now because of the presence of phytate uh phytase phytases um now we can absorb whatever nutrients or minerals or um, that's found in plant-based uh, products like you know bread uh, a wheat-based bread um, and and from what I've read you know phytases or phytase is released so so look so phytic acid and phytase they coexist within that plant and I've also read that you know phytic acid is just it's not bad right like other people make it out to be um, because it's a natural occurring thing so it's a natural way for plants to to from what the studies say phytic acid helps plants you know fight insects or you know disease or whatever so it is part of nature as well and it's good for plants but for us you know for people who you know for, for mammals who who specifically only have one stomach like art like humans um, we can't process you know phyta phytic acid as much uh, you know or we can't deal with it um as well as you know mammals that have two stomachs like cows and you know uh i know goats i'm not sure let me see let me see if goats have two stomachs goats have two stomachs do they 
Ah, okay, so so goats, they're called ruminants. Just a little side note here. They're animals with four compartments. Um, f- uh, four compartment stomach, such as cattle, sheep, and deer. Hmm. So, so that that's pretty interesting. So they can process, you know, this, you know, phytic acid that's found in the plants that they eat. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so again, phytic acid exists in in wheat, in in corn. Uh, sorry, in wheat, in rice, in beans, in legumes. Um, and the the way for us to encourage, you know, uh, t- or to bring, to activate phytase is through pre-fermentation or fermentation, a naturally occurring one. So pre-fermentation can, um, is, is the process of, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty sure, wait, I'm not sure, but <laughs> pre-fermentation, what are they? Uh, yeah, f- so from what I've heard, I'm, I'm, I've read, I mean, um, pre-fermentation, you know, it, well, um, soaking grains is, is a type of pre-fermentation which you know, encourages the growth, uh, the activation of phytase, and then affects phytic acid, but but it, it's not significant. So so other people do sprout sprout things, um, sprout these plant-based products like sprouted grains and all that stuff. They, rice is even sprouted in some countries um, before they cook it. So roasting is another form of pre-fermentation and baking and, and cooking it. Fermentation is you know done. With bread in general, but you know, like like the Greenland shark, that meat is also um, fermented for about. So what they do, as far as that video that I watched, um, was tell, was saying is that you know they they sort of bathe in their own water that you know be, um, I think it becomes ammonia or something. But yeah, so so maybe for two three weeks, and then they left. They're left to dry for four to six months, and they're ready to eat. You know, after they've dried for again half a year, um, and it's and you know while phytic acid is not toxic to us humans, um, some of us you know have are affected by this. You know, by this um, anti-nutrient. You know that we should have gotten. A lot of vitamins and minerals off of that wheat-based product that we consume, but because of the presence of this one, you know, we don't get as much. So, so I, from what I've read too, is that industrial, industrially processed flour and bread has very, very low amounts of phytase because the industrial process, that process is, you know, industrial milling, you know, a grain that's milled not in a stone mill but in a, you know, like these. You know stainless steel industrial mills, because there's grain, grind. I mean they're ground or grinded or you know super fast. They lose a lot of that um, phytase. So, and then when it gets to the bakery, where as as you know we've talked about the what I call it the the super fast process of you know industrially produced breads where you get bread from mixing to out to a finished product in in two three hours so that short amount of time is actually not not good overall so whereas you know in a sourdough process it's it's there's a study that showed that you know um, a naturally leavened bread you know like a real sourdough bread that's 
only leavened and, and fermented by a by a culture. You know, when you ferment sourdough for, for four hours, for at least four hours, so that my, my guess as a baker is that it includes bulk fermentation because, you know, the, the moment that you mix that starter in your flour and water and salt, um, that's when fermentation starts. So if you ferment your sourdough bread for, for four hours, there's a 60% reduction in phytic acid. That's incredible. But if you ferment it for eight hours, you know, there's, you know, there was a study actually that showed an almost complete elimination of this phytic acid so and, and what's really cool in the sourdough community is that um, because it's um, it's trendy it's also I mean you know amongst the community it's all, also a trend to cold proof or cold ferment you know or your bread so that's what we do I mean that's what we as a community of sourdough bakers do that's what I always I also that's what I also do um, so what I do just just to give you an idea is that so we start well I start making my bread for Saturday at 4 a.m. so 4 a.m. I'd, I'd feed the starter and then at 6 a.m. to maybe about 7 I'd start mixing everything like that mix that starter with flour and water for the final you know count of, of you know for, for final bread count that we've sold that week and then at around 11 I, I pre-shape it and then divide so by that point, it's been fermenting for about, or it's been fermenting for about three, four hours, and then I cold proof that thing, so it slowly ferments, you know, over the course of ten to twelve hours. So at twelve midnight, I wake up, you know, that's that's Saturday, and then bake it. So I'm pretty confident of <laughs> of you know this this sourdough process and how you know it's easier for people. For especially the people who are more sensitive to that to to phytic acid, it's just incredible how you know this ancient way of making bread and food in general has just so many benefits to us as humans. And it's not just sourdough bread. Like you know, um, in in most Asian countries, there you know fermented soy or something. Um, Korea has uh, what do you call it? kimchi <laughs> in africa they've got a lot of fermented foods as well it, it, like it's it's all around the world it's not just um uh it's not just plant-based some ferment their milk some ferment their again their meat um i think uh, making sausages as well or dried meat you know is, is all also a form of fermentation so it's it's incredible i mean um what's sad though is that because of this capitalistic society where you need you know where you know big corporations are you know are profiting from making food cheaper and faster and at scale is that like i said in the previous um episode you know the the, the quality nutritional quality of, of of most of our food has just plummeted and um and it, it brings me back to you know to thinking about producing my own slow slowly prepared <laughs> food or also supporting other crafts people you know artisans <laughs> um, so supporting you know other people who who ferment other forms of food as well like um, people who sell cheese so we've got plenty of that these you know well here we, we have a person I, I have a neighbor who actually makes cheeses 
So that's pretty cool. So yeah, so with all this knowledge about, um, you know, anything that's made fast is, you know, most of the time it's any, any, any food that's made, you know, quickly um, is not as good as a food that's prepared traditionally or, you know, prepared in, in a way that most of our ancestors also prepared them. Wait, where was I? Uh, so it's it. So with that knowledge, um, I do hope that you know maybe you can find time to to you know to make your own bread or you know to to ferment your own food. To you know we, we've got there's so much face there, there's so many Facebook groups out there that teaches you about you know kombucha and you know um, fermenting your own milk, fermenting your meat and, and all that stuff, your veggies and all that. So. I just I just believe that it's worth it's really worth it to in, in some form kind of know and do some of these things um, if you don't then then look for someone you know near you who does these things you know um, and support their craft you know um, and that's it so also by the way um, I just want to mention this on this episode sourdough sourdough bread is better in many ways, in a lot of ways, um, in all ways, <laughs> much better than you know your 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 bread that's that you find in groceries, um, and that's just not because I'm a sourdough bread maker, <laughs> but you know the the science says it, and and you know people have been you know um, feeling good about it, um, yeah. So, but but again. Um, it's better, but you know, it's it's way, it's even way better. It's even way better if you, if we as bakers, if you're a baker, um, it's it's better if we were kind to people who don't do sourdough. And if you're a consumer, then it's 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 basically just good for you if you consume sourdough products. So, is there anything else? Uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, I'm I'm probably a little bit. Um, all over the place again, but um, we're trying to to improve and you know. So that's it. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to do this as much as I can. I mean, as as often as we can. Well, that's on Mondays, and hope that you know I improve um, as as the episodes that as as I as I put my put out more, you know, more of these podcast episodes. Anyway, if you've got um, a contribution or you know a question about this podcast or podcast episode or you know the last episodes do make a comment or send us a message or whatever but again if you've reached this far thank you very much for for being here i appreciate you cheers <laughs> <laughs>